Good morning, Inspire. How are you today? Praise God, we're in a brand new year. And you made it. Amen. We survived. We've come through. And how many of you can say as we enter the new year, God has smiled on me. Amen. Praise God. Let's give him praise one more time. We do praise you, Lord. And we thank you because of your goodness. In Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless you. You may be seated. And thank you so much, guys. Wow. What a great way to begin the new year. I'm so happy that we are in the house of God on New Year's and that we come to celebrate and worship in the presence of the Lord and to also receive a word from God. That's got to get your life going in the right direction for a new year. And as has already been stated, so many things sometimes you just want to leave behind and And there's a reason they've got that little rubber thing on the end of a pencil, right? You just want to erase some stuff and put a stop to it. But at the beginning of a new year, we have an instinctive and automatic time of refocusing our attention on the Lord. And I'm excited because I get to do two things this morning. I get to share the theme for the new year of 2023, what I feel on my heart And then I also will announce that we will begin uh, 30 days of church-wide prayer and fasting on Tuesday. We do this twice a year. We do it in September when our kids go back to school. And we also do it at the beginning of a new year. And sometimes the holiday falls on a Sunday like it does today. And that means Monday's the floating holiday. And I'm not going to ask you to start fasting on a holiday. So uh, maybe on Tuesday... As the Lord leads you, if you'll begin to pray and seek the Lord. We have incredible miracles that happen at both times of the year when people join together. There really is collective authority and power when people begin to fast and pray together as the body of Christ. Amen. God takes note of that. And I'm looking forward to some awesome things happening. And then I've really been burdened in my own heart. I know of really serious Desperate needs that exist among the body of Christ here at Inspire Church and all over the world for that matter. And uh, people need divine intervention. And so you know what I want us to do this year? I want us to end the fast. We will end, I think that's what, on a Wednesday? Yes, we will end on a Wednesday and then the following Sunday, which is 30 days after we have begun our fast will be the Wednesday and then the following Sunday, the first weekend after the fast has ended. We're taking February the 5th, that Sunday, and we're going to anoint everyone that needs prayer, everyone that needs a breakthrough. That's going to be the focus of that service. We're looking for miracles. We're looking for God to intervene. I'm serious. We have people in this building who have been healed of cancer. I want that to happen to somebody else. Amen. I don't want them to get cancer. I want them to be healed. I want you to know if you're a family member here and you've got a loved one who needs God to touch them, that service is what we're directing our attention toward. And you bring them here and we will be fasting and praying as we build up to that time for God to move. And so every week we have a different prayer focus 
as we are fasting and praying. And this is the focus for week number one. We're praying that we may know Christ more completely and that he would be our greatest passion, the joy of our hearts and the love of our lives. And then the next week, we'll add another focus to the one we fasted and prayed over this week. And I'm turning to the text that I have felt the Lord impress upon my heart. Isaiah 44, and I'll give you a moment to find it. I'm so glad you're here. Great to see you. Man, I hadn't seen fog like we saw this morning in a long time. Wow, that was something. It's almost indicative of the spiritual state of our world. There's so much confusion, fog that exists in people's minds in terms of direction, what to do from government to science on down. You hear so many conflicting reports, right? I'm so glad that God's word is yea and amen. His word is certain. And if you're joining us today, we're so happy you've joined us. And if you're watching online, part of our online family, God bless you. But I'm reading, yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. I want you to know this. God chose you. Are you listening? God chose you. You didn't choose him. He chose you. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I need somebody to say the drought ended December 31st, 2022. Would you say that? The drought ended. The drought in my marriage, the drought in my finances, the drought in my career. I'm claiming a new beginning. The drought in my relationships, my ministry, my health. It's over. Amen. I will pour my spirit, God said, upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. Somebody say to someone near you, the struggle in family is ending too. Come on, say it. My kids are getting ready to be blessed. The world can't have my children. Not going to keep my family. Uh Uh-uh. I'm claiming them back in Jesus' name. And they shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the water courses. When you stand upon the promises of God's word... The Bible says you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season and its leaf will not wither and everything you do will prosper. That's the book. I said, that is the book. Can I hear somebody say amen? Father, I ask you to speak a word to us today. Give us direction for this year God, open your word before us just as the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire went out in front of the nation. Give us a word because that's what that was. Within that cloud, within that fire was the word of Almighty God. You and your word are indivisible. And lead us now, we ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 
I have a word for us today, and I want to say again, I say this so often, but I mean it. I love what I do. I love what I do. I am not one of those that wishes they had done something else with their life. I've got regrets. Wish I hadn't made some of the mistakes I've made, but I absolutely love what I do. I get to pastor this church, and I think that is the greatest privilege in the world. And I want to thank you for partnering with us in 2022. And if you're visiting with us today for the first time, I want to welcome you. We're so glad you're here after the service. I will be meeting first-time attendees or those I might not have met yet in the chapel that is right in that direction where I'm pointing across the hall. I hope you'll join us. But most of you that have been here for any length of time know that I spend as much time as possible praying throughout a year into the new year that is coming. I'm already asking and feeling after God about direction for 2024. And we're in the first day of 2023. I want to hear what God is speaking to the congregation. And that word then helps me understand what the theme is that God wants to uh, cause this congregation to embrace. It directs our, our series. And I refer back to it during the course of a year in my prayers. I refer back to it in conversations with the staff. And that word informs us. It teaches us you know, how we ought to pray when everything in your life looks the exact opposite of what that word that you got from God was for the year, it teaches you to hold on to that because there's something about the word of God. It will change your reality to reflect what the word God has spoken, has decreed over your life. And so you don't let circumstances dictate outcomes. You let the word of God define what tomorrow is going to look like. And I've been doing this for a long time here. And I just think back over the last several years. How many of you glad we made it through the last three years by the grace of God Almighty? Amen. 2020, the word that God gave me was redefining normal. And I shall never forget, man, six weeks into the new year and was normal ever redefined when COVID showed up and knocked on our doors. It was unbelievable. And then they developed a vaccine and they said by the into the next year that, that everything was going to be fine. And I remember that wasn't what God was telling me. And I was so conflicted on the inside and I thought, am I missing this God? But I kept hearing the same words over and over as God kept saying, get used to different, get used to different, get used to different. And that became the theme for that year. And guess what? Different stayed around for a long, long time. Amen. Turned out they were wrong. And then at the end of last year, you may remember Omicron had just showed up and it was the most contagious of all of the varieties of COVID yet. And they were telling us that 2022 is going to be terrible, but I wasn't feeling that either. And I, and I just, I just couldn't grasp that. And the word, the Holy Spirit kept breathing into my heart was, was better. 2022 is going to be better in spite of what they're saying. It's going to be better. And I announced that as our theme. And indeed, I'm grateful to the Lord that 2022 was better by far. 
than those previous two years. Once again, I'm wrestling with the word God has given me. And that is because it's a word that is common to us. And I'm going to get to it and and I, I want to share it with you. And it, it's a word that we use so often that I think that we can miss the full import of what that word represents and means. I've prayed through a lot of things in my spirit this year about where God wants to take Inspire Church. And I do believe that God speaks to the leadership of a congregation about the future and the welfare of that congregation and its destiny. God's plans are not the same for every church. And that is why whenever you go from one church to another church, you will notice there are things that are different. And that is because God doesn't have the same word for every church. We're all called to serve God and to worship and live righteously and to share the gospel. But outside of that, every church has its own redemptive callings. And the reason that it has its own callings and the giftings inherent in the church that if developed will help it fulfill its callings is because the area it is in is different from the next area. There are different principalities that rule over regions according to scripture. And so God equips a church and places it within a certain jurisdiction to unseat unholy alliances and evil and establish his kingdom. Can I hear somebody in the building say amen? And you see this in the book of Revelation chapters 2 and 3. The instructions that God gave to each of the angels of the seven churches, those instructions were different from that given to the other angels or the leadership of those churches because their assignments were different. And so our God is not going to be surprised by anything that happens in 2023. I want you to turn to somebody and say, God knows what's coming. Would you do that? And he's more than a match for whatever may happen. Come on, I need somebody to say that. He's more than a match. And so the thing that I feel on my heart is simply one word, a familiar one. One that's used a lot, but this is the word I feel. And I don't claim to be an expert. I'm not a prophet. I'm not the son of a prophet. All I know is that when I feel, this is what the Holy Spirit leads me to sense. And that word is blessed. I need somebody to know they're getting ready to get blessed. This is the year for Inspire to be blessed. Oh, somebody in the building ought to shout hallelujah. Has this been a time of dryness for anybody? Have the last years been a time of drought? I've got a word for you. God's going to pour out water upon thirsty ground. The flood is coming. God is getting ready to open heaven over somebody's life. Blessing is about to be released in your life. Give God some praise across the house. If you're thirsty, he's about to pour water on him that is thirsty. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that everything's going to go well in our world. And it doesn't mean there won't be any wars or problems. It doesn't mean any of that at all. 
And I want you to know it doesn't even mean there won't be any in the United States problems that that is. But it does mean this, that if you're hungry and you're thirsty, God's going to bless you in the middle of whatever is happening. And you're in a place of safety. God will be your wraparound shield and he will pour water on you. I need somebody to shout amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In life, we choose whether we focus on problems or possibilities. The enemy is constantly attempting to distract us, isn't he? And he really, he doesn't have anything new that he employs. He uses the same tools over and over monotonously, repetitiously, redundantly over and over again. Ultimately, he is seeking to manipulate us. Just as he did Adam and Eve in the garden and to succeed at this, the enemy has learned to use three tools. And one is the tool of temptation. And it is designed to turn our attention away from God and his presence and our thoughts away from God to things that are harmful and destructive. Then he uses the tool of deception to make us believe that what we're being drawn to is okay. And he wants to deceive us not only about the danger inherent in some of the decisions that he's trying to get us to make. He also wants to deceive us about who God is and God's motives. And the third tool is the tool of accusation. Because if he can get us to fall for the first two, then he spends his time beating us up with shame. Because we yielded to the first two things, temptation and deception. Ultimately, what he wants to do is get us out of the presence of God because man was designed to live and to thrive continually in the presence of almighty God. Amen. And so Satan will make you feel so much shame for your failures that you will do what Adam did and you will hide when God shows up. I want you to know something going into this year. I want you to hear me. If you've never heard anything I've ever said before, listen up. God's love is the single most constant force that exists in our lives. I'm going to say that again because some of you, you you just like, I knew that. No, you have no idea. God's love is the single most constant force that exists in our lives. Amen. Amen. Before there was even sin, God prepared his son as the sacrificial lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world to take upon himself all that we deserve for what we had done. That was before the world was created. God already prepared the lamb of God and Christ was slain in the mind of God. Before the world itself was established. And he did that. Listen up. In order that we could inherit all that Christ deserved to inherit for his perfection. He took our imperfection. And designed things in such a way. That what he was due to inherit. You and I get to receive that instead. That's an extraordinary statement. I don't think anyone in the building fully comprehends what it means and the magnitude of it. It, What it means is that God's love for us predates the existence of sin. 
And if you think that God is going to leave you this year or walk away from you but just because you've messed up and you've blown it, I'm going to tell somebody the very first day of this new year, God's got your back. His love won't let you go. He's not going to let you drift away. God's going to keep wooing you. Amen. Amen. And he does it throughout our lifetimes. Even after we're born again, God continues to draw us because we're not in a state of perfection, experiential perfection, that is, in our lives. How many of you messed up somewhere in the course of living for God? Anybody? Oh, come on. The rest of you perfect people, do this. Reach back there. That's a shoulder blade. That's not an angel's wing growing out of your back. Amen. Come on, get real. Your halo looks a little tarnished. How many of you have messed up since you've been a child of God? Yes, amen. How many of you messed up recently? How many of you messed up this week? Every believer is called by God to be a disciple. And a discipleship process is a process of emptying ourselves of those thoughts and ideas that deny what God says is true. And it's a lifelong journey of coming to reprogram our thoughts to embrace what he decrees to be truth. Amen. You spent your whole life learning things that were fallacious and wrong. And when you begin discipleship. What that means is you're reprogramming your thoughts to embrace the word of God. And as believers, we're called upon to continually renew our mind and and learn more and more of his book and his word until we literally begin to think the way God thinks. That's what happens when you reprogram your thoughts with the word of God. You begin to think the thoughts of God. How far you are in your discipleship journey is not determined by how long you have been saved. It's not. It is determined by how many of the lies of the enemy you've learned to dial out and refuse to listen to. And how much of God's truth you now embrace in your life. That was so good, I think I'm gonna say it again. See, I've been living for the Lord 50 years, maybe. Maybe you've only been really living for the Lord one year 50 times over. Can I do my Stevie Wonder impersonation? Amen. Really, the truth of the matter is The Bible is the greatest treasure that's ever been placed in the hands of a child of God. It is what God has given us to reprogram our thinking and our lives to reflect the powerful truth that sets us free. Truth you don't know doesn't do anything for you. The Bible, the word of God in the scripture is actually called a seed. And you can take one little seed. And Jesus said it will grow until it becomes the greatest tree. Birds lodge in its branches. One little seed. One little seed, but it never accomplishes anything when it's just sitting up on the shelf. You've got to embrace it, nurture it. And what happens is that word of God begins to grow. It squeezes out the carnality in your life. Pushes it out, repels it. It will cause the the searchlight of God's word to be turned on your heart and God will begin to examine you within and you'll say, that doesn't work for me anymore. 
This thing that I used to embrace, no, can't do that anymore. I love God too much. I'm moving on with my life. I'm maturing. That is discipleship. Until you reach the place the enemy fears when you walk in the room. Can I preach like I feel like preaching? When you walk in the room, the devil says, oh my God, here comes the body of Jesus entering the house. You can't get too much of the word of God. You can't get too much of it. It is The Bible is the living word of an infinite and eternal God and contains his omniscience and wisdom. And the searching heart will find within its pages the principles for a successful life that when applied will inevitably change you into a greater likeness of who he is. The Bible also teaches us that like an iceberg, Most of what exists in our world is not seen. It's not seen. What is it like? One-tenth of an iceberg or something like that is actually above the surface. But nine-tenths of it is beneath the surface. Something. Somebody correct me if that stat is not right. I think that was it. But most of what you see in this world, most of what you experience with your, your five senses, Most of that is a very limited representation of what actually exists here. Amen. And we learn. We go to school, the school right next door, just right out the drive, straight up the, the belt, just a few hundred yards right there. You go to that school, and some of you, your children may attend that school. When they attend, they're going to come talk to you about the laws of thermodynamics and the law of gravity and and so forth. And and they're going to introduce to you the concepts that they're learning in school that you learned years ago. And those govern the operation of the physical world that we live in that can be experienced with our five senses. But what they will not teach next door, and I'm not not blaming them because this isn't their, their assignment. They will not teach you about what's under the surface. They will not teach you about the greater part of life that is hidden where it cannot be seen. They will not talk to you about the spirit dimension. They will not address issues of your life that have to do with spiritual entities. And this book that I'm preaching from this morning will talk to you about those. It will speak to you about what's underneath the surface that really governs everything that's happening up here because it's the currents down here moving what you cannot see that causes this up here to move. And that is what's going on in our world right now. And so they devise all of these strategies to deal with a symptom rather than its cause. Amen. And what we're focusing on this year is we're focusing on the spirit dimension. We're learning that when you become a child of God, the Bible teaches us and makes us apprised and aware, become apprised and aware of what is going on beneath the surface. And because we focus now on that, 
let me say this because somebody needs a miracle. Do you know where miracles occur? Miracles occur at the intersection of the earthly and spiritual realm. If you are firmly situated in the earthly realm, you will not see the supernatural activity of God. But if you will get where one overlaps the other and you will say, I'm going to touch God. I can't move my situation, but God can change it for me. That's where miracles occur and prayers are answered. Here's what I'm really telling you. And my subject today, the theme is blessed, but I want to tell you why I'm blessed. You mind if I tell you why? Can I tell you why I'm blessed? Look at somebody and say, I want him to tell me why he's blessed. Would you do that? Okay, let me hear you. Tell me why. I'm blessed because I've got a word. That's why I'm blessed. You're blessed because God will give you a word. One word can change everything that's underneath the surface and it can remake your life. If you've got something you don't want going on in your life, one word from God will set about tearing that situation apart and rearranging it the way that God wants it rearranged. Somebody in the building shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. One word from God, that's all it takes. Tell somebody one word, that's all I need. One word, no, one word, one word. I don't need to go to a, a different meeting every single night and get one word from Brother Wonderful and Sisters Wonderful and Hallelujah and Man of Power for the Hour. I, one word, one word will change my world. One word will change my world. The disciples fished all night long. Jesus showed up and said, children, have you any meat? They said, we've toiled all night. We've caught nothing. He said, let down your nets on the other side. They said, we've toiled all night, but nevertheless at thy word. Come on, somebody say it. At thy word. And the moment they got a word, the fish that had been swimming away from the net turned around and started swimming into the net. Because when you have a word from God, it rearranges your life. I'm talking to somebody right now that needs to know God is about to give you a word. Y'all gonna have to excuse me. I feel it today. Lord. something going on here. I'm serious. Y'all have to let up on me for a little while because I need to just praise him and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're hearing us. Thank you. You've got my back. Thank you. You're watching out for me. Thank you. Hallelujah. My God have mercy. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. As believers, if we were only allowed to have one book for the rest of our lives, say we were to get stranded on a desert island, marooned there for the rest of our lives, it wouldn't be a John Grisham novel we'd be looking for. I don't need Webster's Dictionary. Give me the Word of God. Because the Word of God will make a way where there is no way. It will tell me how to talk to God in a way that God can direct somebody to find me when I'm lost and don't know where to be found myself. Hallelujah. It is filled with amazing and life-changing truths. 
I look at the book of Psalms. It has helped me weather so many things in life. Oh, God. The book of Proverbs is filled with the incredible wisdom of a mighty God written through the pen of one of the, well, the most intelligent man that ever lived. Many of the renowned scholars of the Bible say that if they were marooned on a desert island, could only take one book of the 66 books of the Bible, the one they would prefer would be the book of Romans. You don't read that book very far until you begin to understand why. It contains some of the most profound of all the sacred texts. Let me just give you, I, I was thinking about that and, and I, I started doing some research and I, I looked for a way that I could convey to this congregation some of the import of the word of God. And so just the book of Romans contains 16 chapters, 433 verses, 7,111 words. That's important. You know why? Because years ago in the 14th century, God illuminated just six words from the book of Romans. That's chapter 1, verse 17. The just shall live by faith. Count them. The just shall live by faith. That's six words out of 7,111. Or to phrase it another way, by my count... That leaves 7,105 more words that are in the book of Romans. Just waiting like a treasure for God to illuminate those the way that he did six in the heart of Martin Luther. And what would happen if God were to set those on fire? Or to say it yet another way. Besides the book of Romans, we have 65 more books in the Bible. Or to summarize, the entire Bible contains 66 books, 1,189 chapters, 31,102 verses. Some translations use a few more words to express the concepts of truth contained in the Bible. And the Bible can have up to 807,361 words in it, depending upon which translation one uses. The New King James Version, my go-to version, contains 783,137 words, slightly more than the original King James, because it expounds on just a few of the concepts. Now, subtract those same six words that God set on fire in Martin Luther's heart from Romans. And it leaves in the New King James 783,100 and 31 more words. Are you tracking with me? That God could do the same thing with in our heart. Now just suppose that Inspire Church or you were to get so hungry that you begin to seek the truth that is contained in God's word. You say, I understand it all. Just between me and you, I doubt it. You say, yeah, I got it, Pastor. I, I understand everything in the Bible. I, 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 just between me and you again, I appreciate you saying that, but I kind of doubt it. All it takes is God to breathe on one of those words and it will set a fire burning in your heart that will not die down that will work in your life it will rearrange people in your life it will rearrange circumstances in your life it will turn your world upside down and just six words well all that it took for god to open up the reformation the great reformation period that came about after martin luther received that revelation now, what could happen 
in 2023. I know some of us put pin our hopes on this political party and that political party and this science and that science. Can I just get real with you and be vulnerable for a minute? Everybody, every horse I've ever backed has ended up losing in the downstream. Y'all, some of y'all don't agree with that, but I, nonetheless, the game of politics doesn't change much at the end of the equation. But I can tell you what would change if God were to set his word on fire in his people's hearts. It would bring such change to our world. You would not recognize the city of Houston. You would not recognize the state of Texas. You would not recognize the United States of America or the rest of the world. This is what happened on the road to Emmaus. Two of the disciples were walking down the road and they thought they knew the word backward and forward. And Jesus joined himself to them in a different form. I won't even go into that. And when he did, he said, why are you looking so glum? And they said, haven't you heard what's been going on? And starting Right there in the word of God with the prophets and with Moses, Jesus expounded the word of God to them. And they suddenly began to feel something moving. And they said, did not our hearts burn within us when the word of God was being explained to us? Now listen, if God can turn the world upside down with six words from the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 17, God can change your world in just one matter. If God speaks a word of healing to you, if God speaks a word of deliverance to you. Y'all already going home? Y'all already going home? Y'all done? Because you're acting like you're done. Y'all done? I just wonder, you done? I step on your toes because I said the political system wasn't the, the Messiah. Just ask it. Just ask it. That's all. Amen. God's got 783,131 other words that if he were to make those come alive in our heart, it would change us forever. I'm closing middle two words of the Bible or one, what, what one might call the heart of the Bible or these Psalms 103 verses one through two. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What makes that middle verse important, what they call the heart of the Bible, those two words is this. They speak to me and you about why you and I were created. We were created to worship God. And when we do, it opens heaven and God will pour benefits into your life that you will not live long enough to begin to thank him for. It will take the rest of eternity for you to catch up on what you owe him thanks for. I look at the Old Testament and I'm done. The Old Testament contains 39 books, 929 chapters, 23,214 verses, 622,771 words. 
The middle verse of the Old Testament is this. And I've preached about it before. Second Chronicles 20, 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. That's a word for somebody in this house. I need somebody to look at your neighbor and say the fighting just ended. Tell somebody... December 31st, that was the last day. The fighting has ended. I'm not fighting this battle. I'm preaching to somebody right now. God's getting ready to speak peace in your life. The fighting is over. The fighting is over. The fighting is over. The fighting is over. The hell in your family is over. The hell with your kids is over. The hell in your finances is over. The fighting is over. You know why? Read the rest of the verse. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is, come on, say it, with you. So only say with me. With me. God is with me. God is for me. They sang it a while ago. God is on my side. God didn't leave me in the middle of my dilemma. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God is with me. God is with me. He loved me before sin ever entered the world. Position yourselves. Stand still. Look at somebody and say, I'm standing right where God placed me. Would you do that? Mm. And I'm going to see the salvation of the Lord who is with me. Do not fear or be dismayed. That's a word for somebody. You're scared to death. God said, don't fear. Don't be dismayed. You don't know what's going on. Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. But you don't know what I got news about yesterday. Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. God is with you. Position yourself. I'm sorry. I feel like a madman up here. I mean in a good way. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. This verse talks about what happens when you position yourself according to a word rather than positioning yourself according to a circumstance. It speaks of God's commitment to his people. You may, guys, you can begin. The New Testament contains 27 books. I've gone a few minutes over, but we've had communion. Contains 27 books, 260 chapters, 7,959 verses, 184,590 words. And do you know what the middle verse of the New Testament is? It's Acts 17, 17. You ought to be able to remember that one, right? Because this is what it says. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers. Reason. People want to tell you that if you have faith, that's unreasonable. That you better walk by sight. A child of God does not walk by sight. He walks by faith. I need somebody to say it. Faith. 
If God said it, it's not unreasonable. He's the creator of the world that we live in. If God said it, I'm going to say it again. It is not unreasonable. It speaks to us about purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, God has a purpose for your life. Would you do that? If you're sitting near your family, put a hand on their shoulder and say, God has a purpose for your life. And we're fighting to defend that. We're fighting to defend that. Enemy can't have you, not letting you go. Uh-uh, God's got a purpose. All the devil wants to do is mess up your head, mess up your heart, leave you in bondage and wreckage on the side of the road. Oh, I feel like I'm talking to somebody right now that's about to make a mistake in their life. Don't do it. Don't do it. What I feel in my spirit is, is that if you will let the word of God direct you rather than your own emotions, don't fear. Say it again. Don't fear. Don't fear. It's a reasonable faith. Trust God. Don't make the wrong choice as we enter a new year. And if I can say it like this, amen. If you don't make the right decision regarding this, I feel this is impromptu. I didn't even say it to the first service. God, where's this coming from? I'm talking to somebody. If you don't make the right choice and you choose to listen to the lies of the enemy, you will face this again. And you don't want to have to spend the rest of your life facing this. It is reasonable to stand on the word of God. It is reasonable to believe the voice of God. It's a reasonable faith as he reasoned in the synagogue. Reasoned with the Jews. Reasoned with the Gentiles. Stand with me. You have a purpose. God has a plan for your life. Oh, Lord. I feel such a baptism of fire in this place right now. Hallelujah. Prayer counselors, come quickly if you would, please. Every head bowed. If you would be so kind as to bow your heads. And I love you so much. I feel like I just got right out on the edge to talk to somebody. And that's because I love you. It's because I care about, about if I'm wrong and there's nobody in this building that that even related to, then praise God, hallelujah. I'm happy to say that I was wrong. But I really felt like the Lord prompted me. There's somebody that's about to make a decision. I don't even know who that is. But you need to stop it and you need to change right now what the enemy's trying to do to sidetrack your life. Amen. Amen. You say, but what about the rest of us? I got one word, blessed. Blessed. Somebody shouted out, blessed. Somebody shouted out, blessed. Somebody shouted out, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed when I go in. I'm blessed when I come out. I'm blessed when I sit down. I'm blessed when I stand up. I am blessed. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. 
My health is blessed. That's a word for somebody right there. Your health is blessed. I rebuke cancer in the name of Jesus. God is going to heal people this month. And next month, I'm looking for miracles to happen. Blessed. Every head bowed. Again, please. Sorry. Could I see the hands of those that need Jesus in their life? Would you raise your hand? Hands going up. My God, so many all over this building. All over this building. All over this building. Father, I pray right now for every one of these precious, wonderful, amazing people. These dear, precious, beautiful people who are here that need you. Oh God, come into their hearts right now. Lord, we confess our own willful, stubborn rebellion of you and our disobedience to your word, rebellion against you, disobedience. So many times we pursue our own self-centered way and we're working against ourselves and don't even know it. But I thank you for the word of God that guides us and leads us and that opens up paths and avenues for us. I thank you for every door you're closing right now that's not supposed to be open. I thank you for every door you're opening right now that's supposed to be open. I thank you for every person you're bringing into our lives that's supposed to be there. And every person you're pushing out of our lives that is not supposed to be there. I thank you for healing. I thank you for deliverance. I thank you for resources. Thank you for anointing. And I thank you because you're who you are and that you love us with a love that is greater than we can fathom or understand in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's welcome everyone that just prayed that prayer into the body of Christ. Come on, let's have a party for a moment. Come on, lift up your voice. Let's have a party. Hallelujah. 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 I know it's starting to get just a little bit late, but seriously, there's such a presence of God. Not everybody's going to be able to do this. Some of you are going to want to leave. I got it. I understand. Those that want heaven to be opened over their life this year, could you come as quickly as you can? And we're just going to close with a word of prayer right here. Amen. And if whoever I'm talking to in this building that is about to make the wrong decision, if if you're listening right now and you're sensitive to the voice of the Lord, why don't you run down here right now and say, God, I'm putting the, the stop on that. I'm, I'm halting. I'm, God, I need your direction. Oh, I feel like going into intercession in this place. I feel like going into intercession in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With your hands raised to God right now. Father, I pray for an open heaven over every one of these searching, hungry hearts. Lord, I want to thank you that there's a word for me in your book. 
There's a word for where I'm at. There's a word for my situation. There is a word for my family. There's a word for my ministry. There's a word for my health. There's a word for my need. There's a word for my finances. There's a word for my relationship. And I'm calling out that word. And I thank you that I'm blessed because I've got a word. I've got a word. I've got a word. A word is coming. A word is coming. You know where I'm at. I've got a word. And I'm asking you, Lord, I'm asking you to speak to every one of our family members, every one of these dear, precious people who are a part of the Inspire family. Speak a word to them that they can hold on to throughout the entirety of 2023. God, I want you to speak to some of them by waking them up in the middle of the night. Hallelujah. I want you to speak to some of them with a dream like you did me the other night, God, right in the middle of a dream at five o'clock in the morning. God, I want your spirit to show up and I want you to talk to somebody, 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 talk to somebody else in a prayer room. A prayer closet. Talk to somebody else through a child of God. A word fitly spoken. It's like apples of gold and pictures of silver. Speak to somebody else in their personal devotional time. As they open your word, cause something in your scripture to be illuminated and set on fire. That will change the course of their life and their destiny in Jesus name. We need a word from God. We need your word. We need your word. To whom else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. You, you alone have the word that can minister to our hearts. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need you more than we need a TV program. More than we need a social media app. More than we need a like on Facebook and wherever, Instagram. God, we need you. We need you. We need a word from God. And Lord, we sequester ourselves for the next 30 days. We're putting ourselves in places where we can have some alone time with you. We ask you to speak to us. And God, we really ask for there to be miracles. Miracles. We need you so much, Lord. There are people in this building right now that are facing medical situations and you were there in the corner of the waiting room and then in the doctor's office where they had the consultation and the doctor didn't give a whole lot of hope. But God, that's your middle name, hope, hope. God, you can breathe hope. Breathe hope into somebody's life. Give them hope. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. Help us to position ourselves for what you have in store for us.